Hey guys, I pray that you're enjoying this study in the book of John. We're going to be finishing up chapter 7 today. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read a couple sections and then give some brief comments. So we'll start in John 7, verse 32. It says, The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go, that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, You will seek me, and you will not find me? And where I am, you cannot come. Um, It's really interesting. We're continuing to see through the book of John that um, Jesus is talking to people about uh, heavenly things, about spiritual things, about things that are of God, and consistently, uh, everyone who hears Jesus is interpreting him through an earthly lens. If you think back to Nicodemus, Jesus told him that he must be born again, and Nicodemus's question is, can a man be born uh, a second time out of his mother's womb? Who's thinking earthly? And he meets the woman at the well in uh, chapter 4 and offers her living water. And she thinks he's talking about going down in the well and actually taking a bucket and getting real water. Uh, And then we saw where Jesus talked about the manna from heaven, the bread from heaven in chapter 6. And uh, he's talking about himself coming down from heaven to satisfy souls. And all they can think of is that he's talking about real bread. And then here, Jesus talks about going away to where they cannot find him. And all they can think is he means he's going to go to the Gentiles. And so consistently, Jesus is sharing heavenly things. And people who don't have faith can only understand him from an earthly standpoint. And then we get really what is the the heart of this whole passage. Um, We have to remember, Jesus is at the Feast of Booths. And there's a lot of details about the Feast of Booths. But you can go back and read about that feast in the book of Leviticus. But um, in verses 37 to 39, Jesus is going to take what, what they were witnessing, what they were seeing on this day of the feast, which included a ceremony where water was being poured out, and he interprets it through himself. And so verse 37 begins, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet, the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So first, we see that Jesus, again, is connecting. On this day, this last day of the feast, there was a water-pouring ceremony. And Jesus took that opportunity to point to himself um, it sounds really similar, verse 38 sounds really similar to what Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4, verses 13 and 14, but it's slightly different. In John 4, verses 13 and 14, it says, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So the point, the goal of this water in John chapter 4 is that it wells up to eternal life. But notice how in verse 38 of chapter 7, John 7, Jesus says this, Out of his heart 
will flow rivers of living water. So there's a slight difference there. One is talking more about what happens inside of us, that when we drink of Jesus, um, we receive eternal life and the, the satisfaction of Jesus unto eternal life. But here in verse 38, it seems that what Jesus is saying is that when we believe in him, this same drinking of Jesus, not only uh, do we receive eternal life and satisfaction, but we also become a conduit of living water. Water flows through us uh, into others. And I think that's why Jesus turns and, or why John, excuse me, John in verse 39 turns to tell us about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we just studied in our Sunday seminars the beginning of chapter, uh, the beginning chapters of the book of Acts, and one of the things we learned about there was Pentecost. At Pentecost, Jesus ascended, and ten days later, he poured out his Spirit into his church. And why did he do it? Why was the Spirit poured out? Uh, it's not that people in the Old Testament didn't have the Spirit. It's not that they didn't know God and have the the benefits of. Uh, being uh, born again or having faith uh, through through right to faith under righteousness, like we see with Abraham, but what happens uh, in at Pentecost is Jesus pours out His Spirit so that the church will be empowered. That's what He says in Acts chapter uh, one verse eight. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and power for what? Power to be my witnesses. In other words. Jesus is giving us the image here of a river of living water flowing out. So the reason that Jesus poured out his spirit at Pentecost was so that the the church would be empowered to become a conduit of living water, of Jesus, to the ends of the earth. Now, I just want to highlight one final thing. Uh, At the end of this chapter, you'll get a chance to talk about this. We we are reintroduced to Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus seems to kind of stick his neck out here a little bit for Jesus. In uh, verse 51, he said, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? So Nicodemus seems to stick his neck out for Jesus. But what, uh, what kind of response does he get? In verse 52, they replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. So Nicodemus associates himself with Jesus. He stands up for Jesus, doesn't tell us that he fully believes, but he's slowly but surely being drawn towards Jesus. And what he receives is ridicule. He's mocked. And uh, I just want to encourage you today, uh, you may be someone who's searching after Jesus and um, you're kind of wondering, you know, what will this cost me? Well, in one sense, it, it may cost you ridicule from others. It may cost you people in your life mocking you and, and uh, picking at you. Uh, that very well may happen. But remember, what you're getting, what you're gaining in coming to Jesus is living water that satisfies your hearts and the power in Jesus to become a river of living water. Uh, the people who are mocking you, the people who are picking at you, they need Jesus too. And by you following Jesus, believing in Jesus, uh, you will become a conduit to introduce them to the one who is himself living water. Hope you guys have a great conversation and are empowered to think about all that we have received in trusting and following Jesus.